0: Hey, thank you for listening to the Reclaim Media Weekly Podcast. To stay up to date with all of our blogs, our podcasts, and our YouTube videos, you can subscribe on our website, I, 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 reclaim.media. I now enjoy to this week. week. Today I wanna to talk to you about how to keep unity within your community, your group, or whatever, whatever ministry or church you're a part of. Now today we see a lot of division coming into the church. We see a lot of divisive things happening, even amongst friends and family. But how can we keep unity? What are some things that we can do to make sure that we don't become a divided church or a divided group? First, we need to understand what causes division, and then we can talk about what we can do to keep unity. So, Jesus talks about unity in the book of Matthew, chapter 12, verse 22 through 30. Then a demon-oppressed man who was blind and mute was brought to him, and he healed him. So that the man spoke and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, Can this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, It is only by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, that this man casts out demons. Knowing their thoughts, he said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and no city or house divided against itself will stand. And if Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself, how then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they will be your judges. But if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can someone enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds a strong man? Then indeed he may plunder his house. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. So here's Jesus having to defend himself against this ridiculous accusation that he is actually casting out demons in the name of Beelzebub, that he's casting out demons in the name of the devil. And Jesus is kind of saying, well, that doesn't that doesn't make any sense. That can't be because any kingdom or house that is divided against itself will not stand. Now, within this truth, he's teaching us, he's, he's basically showing us a revelation or he's showing us a truth that if we are divided, we'll fall apart. So if if division causes causes something to be destroyed or laid to waste, then what's important is that we keep unity. Unity matters within our churches, within our homes, within our family. It matters that we stay together. Now, whether we have disagreements or not, whether we live now, with different habits or different hobbies or different personalities, we still must strive to keep unity amongst our groups. It's our personal, It's our personal job. It's something that we should now, feel obligated to do, to keep unity among our church, among our group, because unity matters. It matters that we're together. It matters that we work together. It matters that we're not divided, constantly fighting against each other, but that we're together in what we're called to do as a group or as a church. So what causes division? Let's talk about this real quick. See, the enemy desires that he would see God's work destroyed. In the book of John, verse 10.10, 10, it says the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. It's the enemy's desire that he would destroy all that God is trying to do. And one way that he destroys what God is doing in churches or in ministries or in families is he brings division within that group. So there's a few things that I believe cause division. One, there's personal separation where an individual will feel uh, excluded from a group and they'll decide to drift off and begin to separate themselves from that community. So the way that this happens, I believe that the enemy will use lies and he'll speak to a specific individual. Now, this may be you, but he'll begin to tell this individual, oh, they don't care about you. You don't belong there. They talk about you. They say this about you and begin to build up offense within the individual. And it causes personal separation. It causes somebody to say, man, I don't feel welcomed in that group anymore. Now, I'm not saying nothing ever bad happens in those types of groups. But what I'm saying is sometimes we have the assumption that something's going on without any real communication or clarity of what's actually happening. And when we assume something is happening, it causes us to feel a certain way. And when we feel a certain way, it causes us to separate from the group that makes us feel that way. But could it be that the things that we're feeling are not based on any facts or anything, but could it be that they're based on the lies of the enemy? That He's speaking these things into our minds and telling us things about us and about the group that is causing us to separate. So personal separation can happen in the individual. There's personal separation because of the temptation to sin. When one falls into sin, when we're living a life of sin, we pull away from the community that, that is there to help us to overcome that sin. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 through 21, it says, Now the works of the flesh are evident sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Sin in our life will cause us to separate from the kingdom of God. Therefore, if we're separating from the kingdom of God, what we will find ourselves separating from people that are invested and a part of the kingdom of God. Our sinful life cannot mix within a godly community. Either we will be so uncomfortable that we will leave, or the conviction of the Holy Spirit will lead us to repentance. Either way, a sinful life is uncomfortable In a godly community so sometimes when we're living in sin we want to separate from that that godly community because we're uncomfortable because of our lifestyle These are these are the ways that the enemy causes division because he wants to see God's work destroyed and he does this through Division another way that the enemy causes division is through our own selfishness in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 it says, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The scripture that we just read says to be content with what you have. It says to, to take what's been given and be and be content with it. Be, be grateful for what God has given you. What causes division is our selfish desires and our selfish desires lead us to jealousy. And when we're jealous of our brothers and sisters in the Lord, when we're jealous of our family members, that is a wedge that causes division. We, we, We become jealous of the things others have when we're no longer content with what we have. And when we're no longer content with what we have, it really means this, is that God is not enough for us. We want more than Him. The scripture says it again, be content with what you have. For He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God has to be enough for us. He is more than enough for us. But a lot of times we're looking at the physical things of life, the possessions, the money, all those different things, and God is like, not enough. He's kind of there, but He's not enough for us because we want more than that. But if we'd understand to be content with what we have, when we see the big picture that God is more than enough, and if we realize, man, I have God in my life, I have Jesus, He loves me, and I have this relationship, then we become fully satisfied with the life that we're living. And we don't need to covet our neighbor. We, we're, we're content with what we have. So selfish desires, um, jealousy, uh, a, a sinful lifestyle, personal sep- this is personal separation. A couple of other things that the enemy uses to bring division within the church is he uses hidden hurts. In Mark chapter 11, verse 25, it says, And whenever you stand praying... Forgive, if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also, who is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. Throughout my life, when I've, as I've been in church, the, the the number one thing that I've seen, the number one reason that people leave the church or leave a godly community, it's rarely, it's rarely based on scripture, it's rarely based on God actually speaking them and calling them somewhere else, although I do believe that happens from time to time. But the number one thing that I've seen, and this is not based on statistics or numbers, it's just kind of uh, something I've noticed, is most people will leave a community because they're hurt, because there are hidden hurts within their lives. Hidden offense is a small step to division. So when we have hidden offense within our life, when we're when we're upset with somebody, when we're bothered by what they did, if we don't communicate that, or or more importantly, if we don't learn to forgive those things, then we will cause division within the group that we're part of, within the church that we're involved in. The same thing applies for a marriage, the same thing applies for a family. If you're holding a grudge or bitterness towards your family member, Of course, it's not going to be unity. Of course, it's going to be weird. It's going to be awkward. It's going to be uncomfortable. We need to be able to speak about our offenses. We need to be able to talk to people and say, hey, I just want to let you know that this bothered me, but I don't want to hold it against you. I want to forgive you. I want to let it go. These conversations are healthy conversations. I say this all the time that the, 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 the thing that causes most hurts is a lack of communication. I'm hurt by something I saw or something I heard, but it's not really clear what was meant, what what they meant by saying that or doing the thing that they did. And so if we want to avoid hidden hurts, there has to be clear communication. But more importantly there has to be a willingness to forgive because sometimes the offense that you have is against somebody that didn't even know they did something to you or sometimes it's against somebody that will never apologize for doing that to you but it's not our it's not our duty to cause somebody to apologize but it is our obligation to forgive them for what they've done so hidden offense hidden hurts cause division within whatever group we're in Colossians 3 3, verse 13 and 14 says bearing with one another and if one has a complaint against another forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you so you also must forgive and above all these put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony so if we want to combat division within our church, we have to, we have to develop a, a community, a culture of forgiveness, of letting it go, of showing love for one another. See, the Lord desires that those hidden hurts are healed and restored, but at the same time, God desires that you forgive one another. This is in scripture. You, it's not right. To hold offense it's not right to hold a grudge that is against the word of god and if you're holding a grudge and that's causing you to separate from the, the godly community that you've been rooted in that you've been growing in, that you've been planted in that you need to you need to forgive and you need to ask the lord to forgive you for holding on to that grudge so and one more thing so when we talk about hurts hidden hurts hidden offense hurt causes distrust and distrust causes division. When I'm hurt by somebody, it's hard for me to trust them when I can't trust them, it's hard to find unity. What is unity without trust? And so we need to overcome these hurts, these offenses, we need to forgive easily and begin to love one another. These are things that cause division, personal separation and hidden hurt. So now we talked about a couple of things that cause division, but how can we be be proactive or how can we be intentional about building unity? There's a few things that we can do. So we need to take care of the issues that we talked about before because that, that that breaks apart unity, but also we need to do a couple things. Number one, we need to love one another. First John three, verse twenty-three through twenty-four, it says, And this is a commandment that we believe in this in the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another, just as he commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. This is the most important thing that we can establish in our group, in our family, in our marriage, in our church, in our ministry is that we build love for one another. What does it mean to love each other? What does it mean to love one another? Love is not just emotion. It's not just that feeling of, oh, I like this person, or or I care about this person. Love is an action. Love means to serve one another. It means to look out for one another. It means to pray for one another. It means to cover one another. It means to mourn with each other, to, to, to celebrate with each other. These are acts of love. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 4, it says, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. This is what the scriptures say. This is love that we're not just selfish and looking out for what's best for us, but we're looking out for what's best for each other, for everybody else around us. So, number one, we need to love each other. If we want an established unity, we've got to have love for one another. Number two, we need to honor each other. Romans chapter 12, verse 10 says, Love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing. Honor. What I've seen sometimes is people compete for honor. They want somebody else to honor them, which what we should be doing is competing and fighting to honor each other. We should be going overboard, going out, out of the box to honor one another. I love the way the scripture puts it. it, says outdo one another in showing honor. Instead of complaining about the honor we don't, we don't receive, We should be the first ones to give honor to each other. This is how you establish unity. There should be honor amongst the people of God. This is a godly environment that that creates unity. There must be honor amongst God's people. This is a godly environment that creates unity. See, love is affection but honor is recognition of someone else's value. Love is the affection, the action, the choice to do what's right, to do to live for somebody else, but the honor is seeing someone's significant value, seeing someone in your group, in your church, in your family, in your marriage. Some of you need to begin to see the value of your spouse again because this is honor, that I value you because you have value. One more thing that I believe we need to do is we need to hold tight to the mission that we've been given. Some of us have been so distracted. The reason we're, we're fighting so much uh, amongst the body of, of Christ, the reason that there's so many fights amongst Christians is I think, I think it's because we've lost sight of the mission. We're not here to be proved right all the time. We're not here to be um, to be more well known than the next person. We are here to preach the gospel. We are here to save souls. We are here to see many people come to Christ. And if, we, if our eyes lose focus, if we get off of that mission, then we'll begin to point out all the problems within our community, all the issues we have, and we'll begin to cause division. See, I don't want to cause division by forgetting why we're here so so three things that we can do to protect unity love one another honor one another and hold tight to the mission keep your eyes focused on the purpose we have as a community as a church and as believers don't let anything divide us because if we're divided we will not be as effective as we can be if we're united together with one mind so don't let the enemy come into wherever group you're part of your community your church or your family don't let him cause division but protect it protect unity by loving one another honoring one another and holding tight to the mission. Thank you so much this week for watching. Um, I'm excited for next week. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring another encouraging word. If there's anything you need prayer for, any questions you may have, feel free to put them in the comments on our YouTube or on our Instagram, or just send us a message, send us an email. However you can get a hold of us. Again, we, we reached over 500 subscribers. I'm, I'm so excited about that, and, and I thank you guys for sharing all the stuff we've been posting, for for liking, for commenting, and, and, and for subscribing. That really helps us out a lot, so I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to the message. If you'd like to help us to continue to create content like this, you can sign up as a supporter on our website, reclaim.media/donate. Thank you.